Hi, everybody. Welcome to North Coast Chronicles podcast, Tales from the Great Lakes. I'm your host, Helen Broll. Please join me every month on the American Shoreline Podcast Network as we share the nature, history, folklore, and charm of the Great Lakes, America's fourth seacoast. Be sure to check out the entire collection of podcasts on ASPN related to our oceans, coasts, inland seas, and natural resources. Today's North Coast Chronicles podcast is called Songs of the Great Lakes with song historian and balladeer Lee Murdoch. Lee, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you, Helen. With us, as always, is our trusty engineer, Tyler Buckingham. Happy New Year, Tyler. Happy New Year, Helen. How's it going? Good. Well, you mentioned at the last podcast that you were in California for the holidays. I hope it all went well. It was a great trip uh, back home to California for the holidays. Helen, how were your holidays? Well, terrific. They all go too quickly. Um, So nice to have the entire family home, as always. Gosh, it happens less and less. The older we get, the less we get everybody together. So it's just such a pleasure. Agreed. Our special holiday edition of North Coast Chronicles featured two amazing guests, Dr. Ted Karamansky from Loyola University, Chicago, and Captain Scott Smith, previous captain of the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Mackinac. It was fun sharing my past experiences while working in the Chicago Port District and learning about the history and legends surrounding the Chicago Christmas tree ship, and in particular, about the Rouse Simmons, the last of the Christmas tree ships, that sunk in Lake Michigan in 1912 off Two Rivers, Wisconsin, sadly killing everyone aboard. Captain Smith described what it is like to captain the largest icebreaker on the Great Lakes, the Mackinac, and how that ship has kept the Christmas tree tradition alive. The episode took us from charming maritime history to a sad ending, and then uplifted us as trees from the Upper Lakes are carried by the Mackinac to Chicago and donated to families in need today. What was your impression, Tyler? Well, Helen, uh, I just, there's, you know, the painting, you started it off with this painting. And it is, I just think you, I think that this achieves the highest degree of Americana Christmas possible. I think that it has supplanted, you know, my other childhood visions of what a true beautiful Christmas can look like. The idea of these trees strapped to these schooners on the waterfront there in Chicago in the 1800s. It's just, it's a stunning picture. Yeah. I I was surprised that they still had a schooner, which happened to be the Rouse Simmons, still as late as 1912, you know, running these these, uh, Christmas tree shifts from the Upper Lakes and really how dangerous it was. Um, Because as we know, the lakes are lakes, but they act a lot like oceans sometimes. So um, pretty sad. But it was also interesting to hear that the Mackinac and other ships go out to where the uh, Rouse Simmons sank and have a memorial uh, during that weekend in December when they celebrate the Christmas tree ship tradition. I thought that was pretty touching to hear as well. Today's episode of North Coast Chronicles is sponsored by Benchmark Marine Agency in Chicago, Illinois. Benchmark Marine provides total support activities for the water transportation industry. If you're thinking of sailing a ship into the U.S. Great Lakes for any reason, or want more information about Great Lakes Maritime, contact Benchmark Marine at benchmark at g-lakes.com. When I was conceiving of North Coast Chronicles, I thought that it would be fun and interesting to open the show with unique music that harkened to an earlier time. Now, I found two sea shanties in the public domain. The first was Inishir. Now, Inishir happens to be the name of the smallest and most easterly of the three islands of the Aran Islands in Galway Bay, Ireland. The song Inishir is actually an Irish waltz. The other was the Aran Boat Song from the 1700s. I asked my friend Catherine Chambers if she might play both on her violin to open the podcast. 
It was hard to choose uh, which one to use because both were so beautifully played. In the end, I chose the Aaron Boat song. That's what you hear at the start of the show. The sheet music and versions of both songs can easily be found online, even though they are hundreds of years old, because they're not really that obscure. Our version of the Aaron Boat song is slightly up-tempo, and, and you know it's not very fast, but when you hear it played even more slowly, it is quite eerie and haunting. I really like how unique our opening music is in the podcast network, and thank Catherine Chambers for recording it, and Tyler for engineering it. While those Irish folk songs inspire us to dream beyond the seas, the Great Lakes, our inland seas, have also inspired music particular to the region. Now, I first heard today's guest when I worked in Chicago and was actively involved in the Chicago Maritime Society, now the Chicago Maritime Association. Since then, Lee Murdoch has built an incredible catalog of original and traditional folk music about the Great Lakes. Tyler, I am so excited to have live music on our show today. Me too. This is an awesome, awesome day, I think, uh, for this podcast. And, and I hope the start of many more like these. Lee Murdoch, thank you again for joining North Coast Chronicles. Now, I recall seeing you when you were quite a young lad playing at the festival on Chicago's North Pier, organized by the Maritime Society. Now, you were great then when I saw you in Chicago, but the depth of your experience since then shows a great range of music. Lee, what led you to folk music related to the Great Lakes? Well, it was through the songs themselves. Um, I started as a, a folk musician full-time out of college and was playing all different types of folk music. Um, and I came across a few lake ballads, um, the Red Iron or a traditional one that I learned, actually first heard from a Illinois folk singer, Art Theme, and was intrigued that there was this, these songs. And so I went to try and find some of the songs from the area, came across uh, a couple collections, the most notable being uh, done by Ivan Walton at the University of Michigan, who collected uh, numerous, numerous uh, songs uh, around the Great Lakes, starting in the early 30s, um, and uh, maybe even as early as uh, 1929, 1930. Uh, but he got a grant and went to, uh, in search of uh, these folk songs that he remembered as a child, uh, hearing his cousin sing uh, when he came and uh, visited uh, in the summertime. And uh, so he went to these different ports. Uh, he went to Toronto and Chicago and Milwaukee and uh, Oswego, New York. And he collected a lot of these songs from these elderly uh, sailors. And this was in the sailor's home. And, and they were in their uh, teens and 20s in the 1860s and 1870s, the the golden age of sail on the Great Lakes. And so he went in search of these songs and I came across them and and I was uh, intrigued and uh, have been in over my head ever since, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, first I didn't know there was a sailor's home, so that's fascinating. I wanna do a little homework on that. But when you came across the music, was it just um, uh, oral histories um, without music? And how did you translate that into your own version? Well, some of it was, there was recordings that he made on Beaver Island in 1938. So those are the first audio recordings that I had heard. And it wasn't real easy to listen to, I'll tell you. But there was people like Pat Bonner and John Johnny Green that uh, you know, sang these songs that they learned when they were young. And um, and, and some of them used uh, on, on the vessels themselves. And uh, so that's what kind of started it. But again, it was through the music. It was not through 
understanding of the role that the Great Lakes played in the development of North America. I had no clue growing up in Chicago what the Great Lakes uh, really, uh, the role that they played. And, and so when I came across these songs, uh, sea songs, uh, 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 over a thousand miles away from any salt water, I was intrigued. Absolutely. It's something people just presume. We think of deep sea and whaling and all of that, when in fact there is an incredible tradition in the Great Lakes. There are some folk songs. I don't know to what extent you've uh, been involved with understanding and learning traditional folk songs in the Great Lakes that are not necessarily maritime related. Um, are there, what are kind of the sources? What Were they immigrant um, initiated um, from folks who established the areas? Where did they kind of come from? Well, there were, it was mostly immigrant oriented, uh, starting uh, really in the French Voyager days with the, the French folk songs uh, that, that they were using while they were paddling their canoes and traveling from, you know, uh, uh, the upper lakes down to the lower lakes and, and over uh, to uh, uh, lower Canada, as it was referred to in those days. Uh, but then all different ethnic groups and the, uh, that have uh, came to the uh, America, North America, they used um, a lot of the songs and then they adapted them. Um, and uh, so, for instance, here's a real good example. And this is a song that um, I can just sing unaccompanied and it's called The Bigler's Crew. And the nice thing about this is it's a song that um, talks about the average everyday vessel in the late 19th century it was a, what is called a scow schooner, so kind of like a river barge with, with masts on it. And, um, and it is uh, of Irish origin, the melody is, and you can tell that. I'll just do a little part of it for you. It goes like this. Come on, my boys, and listen, a song I'll sing to you. It's all about the big learned of Jolly Carew in Milwaukee last October. A chance to get a sight in a schooner called the Big Lur belonging to Detroit. It was on a Sunday morning about the hour of ten. The Robert Emmett towed us out into Lake Michigan. We sat so where she left us in the middle of the fleet. And the wind being from the south heard we had to give her a sheet. Watch her, catch her, jump on a jubber jew. Give the sheet, let her slide, the boys will push her through. You ought to see in a sowling the wind was blowing free on our passage down to Buffalo for Milwaukee. Now that last part is really describing a sailing craft turning in the wind. So, uh, and that kind of gave you an idea, uh, a, a little window into some of the material that that um, I really in, uh, became enamored with, and uh, that was of Irish origin. Absolutely. Now, um, in the Upper Lakes, um, in the Lake Superior region, are quite a bit of Scandinavians. Is there uh, any kind of um, uh, any kind of um, origins of, of songs from that part of the world? Well, I know that there were a lot of Scandinavian sailors, um, and I, I know in your last podcast there was a reference to the vessel, the Our Sun, um, and the captain of that vessel was Norwegian. Uh, Charles Nelson was his name. Uh, a different one than the one that was on the Rouse Simmons. Um, and um, he uh, um, he was kind of a gruff person, um, as far as we can tell. Ivan Walton uh, interviewed him uh, a few years after his vessel, the Song sank when he was up in Sturgeon Bay as a, a night watchman. And so I didn't really know of any specific uh, Scandinavian songs um, that told uh, of... Um, 
you know, stories on the Great Lakes, but there's an amazing amount of Scandinavian music, uh, Finnish music and Norwegian music, Swedish music up, up in the, the upper lakes. So as we move down the lakes just a little bit, uh, to what extent is uh, Great Lakes, the traditional folk songs, impacted by other regions, perhaps more uh, larger cities as you move further south? Um, obviously, Chicago. Uh, has, is there music that's particular to Chicago as compared to the Upper Lakes? or um, and, and what about places like Detroit or m- moving even further eastward? Well, basically what you are looking at is songs that uh, – see, what we have to realize is that in the mid-19th century, unlike the Appalachians, uh, unlike the Ozarks, um, the Great Lakes was very cosmopolitan. Uh, there were a lot of people coming in and going. Uh, and so there was a real uh, melding pot. And so I'm not sure, I have not really um, looked at it from that standpoint as far as a specific um, style of music that was endemic to uh, Great Lakes sailors from Chicago, for instance, because really uh, a lot of them were from all over the place. And so it was kind of a... a uh, um, uh, a potpourri of all different types of, of uh, music. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if there's anything specific to Detroit other than um, the songs themselves. For instance, like John Bigler was built in Detroit. Okay. And, and there's, there's a, a, a another song that refers to um Detroit specifically, uh, the, the scow Nettie Fly. Now, a, a scow is a is a vessel that would be used for secondary rivers and unimproved harbors and that type of thing. Very shallow draft, uh, so they can go in, in very uh, shallow water. And uh, kind of the 18-wheeler of the mid-19th century, really. Um, and, uh, and so that's one of the reasons that you would have in this particular song, the scow Nettie Fly, which I can, I can sing for you if you want. Um, it, it talks about um, leaving Shane Street in Detroit. And uh, well, why don't I go ahead and do that? Oh, sailors, come gather and listen to my ditty to picture right this hero I'll try. He seldom is sober, and more is the pity. He is Captain Poland of the Scout that he fly. We sailed from Shane Street, the wind blew a gale, and down Detroit River the Nettie fly flew. Said Captain Poland, she can carry her sail, took a pull from his bottle. Then he sized up his crew But all he could see Was his mate, a brave fellow Who stood by the mainmast With bottle in hand His legs, they were shaky His face, it was mellow As he thought on the wages He lost back on land We were heading southwest 
With the wind on our quarter and the captain's dull eye peered off through the gloom. He then hauled her up seven points and a quarter and we made River Rouge not a moment too soon. For a heavy squall struck, her lee rail went under and out went her mainsail, hit the ribbons it blew. While loud rest of lightning and loud blow the thunder, our captain took refreshment and the mate took some too. Said the old man to Jack, you had better go forward and take in the staysail and let go your hank. For I skinned my own nose, my shins and my forehead, and my legs are tangled in the centerboard crank. Oh, in three days we loaded and were homeward bound. We came up that river with a favoring breeze. We sailed up that river just like a scared hound, but the owner made money and was very much pleased. And the captain explained how we nearly went under, how the scow and our lives he thought he would lose. But the last time I saw him, he was in a tavern. And the last that I heard, he was still on the booze. Oh, that's wonderful. I feel like we should all applaud everybody. Thank you. That's so wonderful. I love the uh, the mention of the bottles, having his hand on a bottle. Um, and it just cracks me up because it just shows you that even in the Great Lakes, that longtime association but the, uh, with the bottle and sailing uh, is uh, alive and strong. Well, not so much anymore, that's for sure. But um, wow, that's great. It tell, you really told the story uh, every bit as much as, as uh, any um, maritime song. Now, I'm going to just uh, jump in here with something a little left field. Now, uh, everybody out there um, probably knows that Bob Dylan is from the Great Lakes, obviously one of the most famous folk singers of all time. Robert Allen Zimmerman is his name, for those of you who may not know that. He was born in Duluth, Minnesota and raised in Hibbing. I've actually been to both places. They're both quite beautiful. Uh, and um, I always have to wonder whether in his early days, the folks music that impacted him was certainly the stuff that he was hearing um, up there from the area. I'm not sure. Uh, although I think he was very, very interested in the Library of Congress recordings, um, very much into Woody Guthrie, very much into Mance Lipscomb and some of the Southern people. In fact, you, if you listen to his first album, um, he's, he's for a 20 year old guy, he's remarkably accurate in his renditions of the blues songs that were down in the Delta and stuff. So I think he was kind of like a sponge. Now that said, um, he probably did pick up on some of the music that was endemic to the area, you know, the dance music and stuff, the Scandinavian music, but, but I don't know how it impacted, uh, well, other than the fact that he wrote this amazing song called girl from the North country, which is just a great song. Yeah. Thank you. You have an incredible repertoire of traditional folk songs from the lakes. Have you written any original songs? 
Yes, I've written, oh, probably about, um, I, I don't really know exactly how many. I think it's a between uh, 40 and 60 songs. Um, most of those dealing with, uh, you know, great, interesting uh, stories uh, about uh, perspectives on the Great Lakes. For instance, I had a request uh, for this next song, and it's a, a song that is... Um, uh, talks about what it's like, what these sailors have to do when you're uh, off uh, away from friends and family for so long. And just to kind of give you a background on this, this particular uh, song was inspired by a fellow named, named Captain Ed Begantz of Gross Point, uh, Michigan. And I met him when he was 95 years old. And he said that, um, you know, I shook his hand and even for a 95 year old, he still had a sailor's handshake, you know, it's rather small, but, but he, he said, you know, when, when we're out there, things happen uh, out on the lakes and, and, and he, he was not referring to shipwrecks or great storms. He was talking about things such as birthdays and graduations and weddings and funerals and things like that. And so um, he, he said, you know, every sailor had to deal with that in their own way. And he had this one very, very beautiful image that he mentioned that when it's real hot on the lower lakes, up in Lake Superior, it, it was it would always be very, very cool. And if it was the weather was just right at 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 uh, after uh, around midnight, the lake uh, Superior would settle down to be just like a mirror. And up there, if you've ever been up there, you folks, you know that the, the stars are so close and everything. And he says, you know, you're on the helm of this vessel and, and you've got the stars up above you and the stars reflecting off the lake. And it says you're just like sailing through the heavens. And uh, so uh, I took that image and wrote this song that is kind of uh, kind of what the, the sailors have to deal with uh, on uh, uh, being away from loved ones for, for so long. Superior, the midnight watches on, and the dim glow from the gauges lights the pilot house till dawn. The star-filled sky above on this still and moonless night mirrors off of the lake surface in dazzling starlight. It's like I'm standing at the wheel of a graceful ship. Just sailing through the heavens On a timeless trip Like a flower that opens Its pleasures unfurled All seems right with the world Wheeling on the starlit night my thoughts can travel far through space and time to distant shores and distant days before things happen when you're out here day after day the seasons through from births to graduations it's a different point of view just like standing at the wheel of this graceful ship just sailing through the heavens on a timeless trip like a flower that opens its petals unfurled 
all seems right with the world Midnight on Superior The midnight watches on And I won't stop thinking of you Until the break of dawn Star-filled sky above On this still and moonless night Mirrors off of the lake surface In dazzling starlight And we're standing at the wheel Of my mental ship Just sailing through together On our lifelong trip Like a flower that opens Its petals unfurled all seems right with the world Like a flower that opens Its petals unfurled All seems right with the world Oh Thank you. That's wonderful. Sailing through the heavens. That's uh, boy. That sounds beautiful. Um, I've said to folks, if you haven't had the chance to be out on the lakes, um, on incredibly star-full nights. I mean, the sky. He, Lee, when you said it's like they're so close to you, um, I, I I chuckle about the first time that my husband was out on the lake with me, and this was even just in Lake Erie. And he looked up and he said, what's that big cloud in the sky? And I said, dude, that's the Milky Way. You know, you just, you can't imagine. There's so many stars um, and beautiful. But um, yeah, all is right with the world when you're out there. That's that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Now, um, you have a pretty large catalog of songs and records. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, it's interesting. Um, when we were talking, the first four albums I put out were really all different types of music, blues, cowboy songs, uh, you know, ballads, that type of thing. But then uh, I put out Cold Winds in 91. And that uh, was really, I had a bunch of Lake songs that I wanted to record. And uh, I just put them all together in, in one album. And a couple of years later, I had enough uh, Lake songs to do a second album. And then a couple of years later, another uh, another uh, Lakes album came up and pretty soon, like I said, that's all I was doing. And I, and it's not just the songs, but it's the background on the songs. When you sing these types of songs, uh, you really have to give the audience a context because they're not as familiar with maritime things. Now, some of my fans are real familiar with it. In fact, I learned a lot about, about um, the, the maritime trades by my fans who are working in the trades themselves. Um, but um, that's where we've, I tried to, to do the traditional songs like we started out with, and then a few of my songs, but then I also will, will cover, cover other artists' songs too, um, you know, because uh, everybody has a little bit different perspective, and there's so many, many fascinating uh, stories that ha don't have a song for them. Yeah. Have you had the chance to sail on um, or carriers in the lakes? I was uh, a guest on the uh, Armco. Um, and, um, and I was there with, uh, the, uh, president of Lake Harris at the time, George Ryan. 
Um, and I was also on the Walter J. McCarthy Jr., which used to be the Bell River, a thousand footer. Um, and I was a guest on that and was uh, very pleased that I did not get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sure other, you didn't. I was more cargo, but I spent my whole time. If I wasn't uh, up on the pilot house, I was down in the engine room or something like that. You know, I didn't I didn't sleep too much on those two voyages at all. So they didn't make you sing for your supper, so to speak. Well, you know, yeah, they, actually, I did do a concert uh, on, on both, uh, but I refrained from doing any shipwreck songs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good thinking, good thinking. Because, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they've heard them before, um, and they get asked those same questions all the time. Well, plus, they just, start, you know, if you start doing that, they start looking up in different directions. Because the, even the sailors nowadays will be a little bit superstitious, and actually, folk singers can be superstitious, too. Like I say, when I'm when I'm on a floating stage, I don't sing a shipwreck song. I I think of uh, Great Lakes sailors as the cowboys of the Great Lakes. So so you know, um, share us share a story about um, you, you know you you kind of talk about ghosts and lighthouse keepers. And by the way, two episodes ago we talked about light, lighthouses in the Great Lakes. And golly, who knew one that there was over three hundred and most of them in Lake Michigan or in, in the state of Michigan? That was interesting. So um, like. Um, a lighthouse keeper song is that something that you've written or just kind of is out there in in the folk music world well uh, the thing about uh, maritime songs that are sung by sailors themselves is there's this community that you're working with even if you're on a schooner you got six or seven people there's this interaction but a lighthouse keeper's job is pretty solitary and so, um, you know, there's um, uh, there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for particular um, this this work song type thing, you know, because it was. And so um, some of the songs that you uh, would come across uh, might be uh, more telling stories, that type of thing. So this is what I wanted to sing. And it has so many different lighthouses in it. Um, it's called A Trip on the Levendi, which is a schooner. Come all you young sailors and landlubbers too And listen to the song that I'll sing unto you It's about the Levendi, that schooner of fame Likewise of old Captain Billy Parker by name We set sail on Saturday from Port Huron Dock All hands to the halyards, they quickly did flock Yo, he and hi, ho, oh, the mate, he did ball, and we schooned our wings, the gaff topsails and all. Oh, the tug dropped our line, and we heaved it aboard. With the wind on our quarter up Lake Huron, we roared. The wind, it was fair till we were off Thunder Bay, when we hauled her up close and formed Mackinac. through the straits in the dead of the night. The sky, it was cloudy, but the beacons shone bright. Tall schooners and steamboats we left on our lee as we rounded the shanks and the skilly gully. 
All murky and red, the sun did arise. The wind back to southwest and stormy the skies. We soon doused our topsails, oh Lord, how it blew. So we dropped our big hook under South Manitou. We woke up next morning mid dozens of sail, and as we sailed out, we gave them all a hail. Our course it was southwest, the wind blowing fair, and when the sun rose, we was off sleeping bare. Off of old Port Bow, old Betsy did room. We kept well the seaward with plenty of room. When we passed the big sobble, we gave a loud cheer, and soon was alongside of Hamlin Lake Pier. Oh, we made fast in Hamlin at a harbor dock, and Pelton's whole crew all around us did flock. They cursed and they swore, and the rough boards did fly. They soon filled our hold, and the deck they piled high. Now we're again on the big lake in a record time So I will conclude and I'll finish my rhyme This song it was made while we was underway By a curly-headed sailor by the name of Bess Ray Oh, thank you. I love that. Um, now, I, I want to give a shout-out to your wife, Joanne Murdoch, your right-hand person. And the two of you put together a really fascinating book called Lake Rhymes, Folk Songs of the Great Lakes. Um, that was a bit ago, but boy, that is an intense book. Um, it must have taken intense because there's just so much information in it. Uh, talk about it a little bit. I will. Um, originally, I started doing Great Lakes songs in schools back in the mid-80s. And uh, a lot of times you needed to have some type of supplement for your assembly program. So I put together, uh, Joanne and I put together this little 48 page booklet and a cassette of the songs that I did. And it was called Folk Songs of the Great Lakes Region. And after about 15 years or so, people were uh, graduating from cassettes. And so um, we thought, well, maybe we should update it a little bit. And uh, so what we did was we, Put out a 148-page book, eight chap, uh, nine chapters, uh, uh, two songs in each chapter about different aspects. Uh, one chapter on about canals, one chapter about uh, work songs aboard the the sailing ships, uh, uh, anthem type songs, disaster songs, uh, songs about the fishing trade and and uh, lumbering, uh, the different uh, industries and. What was important, we felt, was you would have uh, study questions. We had that in the original one, too, but we had study questions and answer the study questions. We had Venn diagrams. We had bibliography, uh, vocabulary section in each chapter, uh, how you could use this. Uh, and we also decided to include some really interesting graphics, some of them that we had generated uh, just for the book itself, but then also historical photos and um and we just put it all in this package and sold it uh, as uh, Lake Rhymes. And whenever I did, a, uh, and to this day, whenever I do a program in a school, um, uh, they get at least one copy of that for their library so that the, it, they can be used uh, uh, in the classroom. You know, the teachers teachers love it. And uh, we re we reissued it a, few, a couple of years ago as a hard hardcover uh, coffee table type book. And uh, we're very both very proud of it. So two things. Um, how would someone get a hold of you to t 
teach or present that kind of a program in a school. I just think that would sound like it's just a really fun way to learn about Great Lakes history. And how would they get a hold of you to maybe can, you know do that kind of a program for a school? You could uh, you could contact us at uh, leemurdoch.com. Uh, that's where you could order the book or any of my recordings. Um, or also you could uh, contact Artists of Note, talk with Joanne there. She makes all my arrangements. And, uh, you know, it's leemurdoch.com. Thank you. Um, and I, I'm guessing that um, that there are grants that help to support this kind of work um, and to get, uh, you know, a folk um, music person like you into into a program. Yes, there are there are uh, some grants that are available. Uh, many times I'm brought in by the uh, parent teacher organizations, though. Oh yeah, I wish I wish I'd known about you when I was running a parent teacher organization, uh, even out of New Jersey. I would have loved to have, have you there. Um, we learned so much, and at least someone would have known there was a Great Lakes. Uh, so, so it'd be fun. That's wonderful. So, but uh, now in this um, book, Lake Rhymes: Folk Songs of the Great Lakes, there is um, also isn't there some music that people can so they can sing them themselves? I, what I mean is like uh, written music. Yeah, we we encoded we we I made sure that there was a musical notation for every song that was in there, um, and then background on the songs where it came from. There's a, I think there's maybe a couple of my songs in there, but most of it's traditional, um, and where they came from. And then, like I said, study questions and and uh, some there's even a, a lesson plan uh, uh, and a, a estimate on. Uh, Lake levels, a whole lesson plan for lake levels. Lake Carriers Association, Association has, we have their uh, port information, what ports are taking and what cargo and stuff like that. So, Oh, that's so cool. Well, um, I recommend everybody check it out because it has, it's got a lot of great information. Whether you just have a passing interest in folk music or specifically about Great Lakes music um, or want to understand um um, different aspects of the Great Lakes. It's it sounds really really great. I'm I know I'm going to chase one down myself. So so I've got to ask you. Um, I, I think when I asked uh, um, our guest on lighthouses, I asked about um, haunted lighthouses. Are there any songs about ghosts or or haunted places in the Great Lakes? Yes, yes, there are. Here's a wonderful story. St. Martin Island is uh, to the entrance of Green Bay. And this particular story talks about the lighthouse keeper there. And all I will say is, uh, back in the old days, it was very, very remote. And that's why the lighthouse was there. And this is a story that came out of a book called Haunted Lakes. It's called St. Martin Island. St. Martin Island lays the entrance of Green Bay Just a solitary citadel of stone The mariners depended on her beacon burning bright Across these restless waters all alone The shroud of a sad story surrounds this sullen space And is heard throughout the region far and near there's a history of haunting imprinted every place Of the old lighthouse keeper who lived here When the night is a jagged black and the waves are on the rise From a north wind that screams down from an arctic owl 
The glow of the keeper's lantern can be seen along the shore of St. Martin Island ever searching. This island isolation was really quite ideal For the raising of a family, some say But the children's education proved a difficult ordeal When the nearest school was ten miles across the bay When the weather permitted, those kids would sail to school Take their lessons for the day and then return. One day a squall came up and they were lost without a trace. And ever since that tortured keeper's lantern burned. When the night is a jagged black and the waves are on the rise, from a north wind that screams down, from an arctic hell. The glow of the keeper's lantern can be seen along the shore of St. Martin Island ever searching. It was many years later in a monstrous midnight gale. The lamp up in the lantern room went dark and caught in the tempest while a-running for the bay The schooner Juno's helmsman missed his bar She went up on the rocks She was pounded by the seas A death struggle in the surging crest and trough And confusion held its sway Amid wind and rocks and spray And the last few surviving crewmen went along while clinging to the cross trees throughout this blackest night, those sailors with all hope and bearings completely lost prayed to the Lord our Father to deliver them his grace. And each one bowed his head, their hearts they in the distance that helmsman saw a light just a bobbing soft green lantern nothing more so each one descended from their refuge on the wreck and plunged through the breakers to the shore they helped each other crawl through the clutching crashing surf and heaved upon the beach to take their rest but that little lantern light went a-drifting up the path towards the lighthouse tower on the crest. When they reached the keeper's quarters and walked through the entrance door that had been blown open in the storm, they found the keeper in his bed and he had long been dead. But the lantern at his side was very warm. 
When the night is a jagged black And the waves are on the rise From a north wind that screams down From an arctic owl Oh, the glow of the keeper's lantern Can be seen along the shore Of St. Martin Island ever searching Yes, the glow of the keeper's lantern Can be seen along the shore of St. Martin Island ever searching. Oh, thank you. I could listen to that all night. That's wonderful. Um, I guess for those who don't know St. Martin Island, and I have not been there myself, it's now a refuge. Uh, I believe, owned by the Fish and Wildlife Service. And um, the islands up there, they're, they're part of a chain of islands uh, between um, Lake Michigan, uh, islands in Lake Michigan and Wisconsin's Door Peninsula. So um, another beautiful part of the Great Lakes. You mentioned at the beginning that you really were, you know, wanted to have a legacy of, uh, of songs and, and your experiences. What, what do you hope that looks like? Um, for you, and I'm not saying that your 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 career is in any way close to being over, but you do have a few years of experience behind you, at least since I saw you in Chicago over 30 years ago. Um, what is it now that you've learned from this experience? Um, and are you glad you've you've devoted so much of your life to music and the Great Lakes? I'll have to say that uh, it's been a real privilege to uh, and a gift to have found this niche, this, um, what had became my life's work. Uh, uh, keeping in mind that I came to this without really any uh, technical expertise. Yeah, I worked on a rowboats and canoes, but that was about it. You know, I didn't even do any much in the way of sailing, you know, as a, as a kid, because we just didn't live near water. And so I really came through it by the way of the, the music itself, because I've, I was singing ever since I was very, very young, you know, four years old and that type of thing and self-taught guitar player. And, and uh, you know, it's just it was something that um, seemed a natural extension, even if it wasn't going to be my career. And I was just so fortunate to have um, the support of, of uh, my wife, Joanne. And also all, all the people that it took interest in what it is that I did or in the early days uh, when I was, you know, singing uh, just general folk songs. And then through the middle years where um, we had uh, organizations um, that I learned from, whether it was the Chicago Maritime Museum people or the Dawson Great Lakes Museum or the people up at Whitefish Point, uh, the Shipwreck Museum, uh, or now the National uh, Museum of the Great Lakes. Uh, and, and, you know, also the Coast Guard, um, their, their role has been very, very prominent. They've been big supporters of mine and also the dive community. Um, it's uh, um, because they do the underwater archaeology now, you know, um, and uh, so I've been very, very blessed. And I don't know if I have any um, – specific goal i'm just gonna this is kind of what i do and uh, live and breathe the folk music of the great lakes i'm gonna ask a really hard question because it's an unfair question now you've traveled all around the great lakes are there a couple of areas in particular that you you go back to all the time and speak to you and what might they be hmm, that is a tough question because each lake 
has a characteristic, um, has a, 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 a uniqueness, an unbelievable beauty, um, unbelievable power. Um, that speaks uh, to me in, in different ways. I mean, uh, I think uh, one of the earlier podcasts, there was a mention of the Marblehead Light. Um, the oldest lighthouse on the Great Lakes that this year is going to be celebrating uh, its 200th anniversary. And um, the, the oldest continuous lighthouse uh, on the Great Lakes, I should say. And to when I first went there, there was hardly anybody there. It was un, unimproved. And, and there was this majestic structure there. Uh, and not too far off in the distance was Johnson's Island, where there was during the Civil War a, a prisoner of war camp. Um, and then just across the way was uh, uh, Cedar Point, you know, with all the, the amusements. Uh, and, and it was just, and then uh, off to my uh, left, where as I'm looking out, there was Kelly's Island. You know, I don't have to tell you about, about uh, that area. And it was just beautiful. And as a matter of fact, I wrote a song about it called The Deep Blue Horizon. And it was looking north from that point that when you look north across Lake Erie, that horizon line is on a sunny day is very dark blue. And even though Lake Erie isn't normally considered, you know, as blue as like Lake Huron, the blue water lake, <laughs> but it's, it's was and beautiful place. Thank you. A answered very well. And yeah, I'm so excited about the uh, Marblehead Lighthouse and um, it's, an it's a celebration of 200 years and recommend folks that if you happen to be in that part of the, the Great Lakes to go see it because it's, it's pretty beautiful and pretty special. And as, as Lee just said, it's the oldest continuously operating lighthouse in the Great Lakes. So um, it, pretty amazing. So, so grateful for everybody who um, uh, restored it into its current um, situation. So what is, what is the, uh, uh, what is your favorite song? of songs that you've either sung or written or both? Boy, that's hard to say. Uh, my favorite song. What is my favorite song? That's like asking a, a parent who their favorite child is. That's kind of like asking a teacher who their favorite student is. It varies from day to day. <laughs> um, uh, boy, um, I, I know one of the, the favorite songs of my fans and I certainly do enjoy the song. It's a, a song written by Pat Daly, uh, and uh, with help from Shel Silverstein, that I actually learned from a, a legendary folk singer named Bob Gibson. Uh, it's called the Great Lake Song, and that's probably the one that is most notable uh, that comes out to uh, the people request. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say that um, now that I've heard "Sailing Through the Heavens," that might be my favorite. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to have to tell my family that if and when I should pass away, which is not going to be anytime soon, I want that song at my funeral. That's just stunning. However, the Great Lakes song is awfully cool. So um, if, if you could, I'd love you to close us out with that song. Sure. Thanks for joining us, and thank you to the American Shoreline Podcast Network for hosting North Coast Chronicles. I'd love to hear from our listeners. Send me your comments, ideas for future podcasts, or to be a sponsor to northcoastchronicles at gmail.com. 
The views of this podcast are mine and do not necessarily reflect the views of the U.S. Department of Transportation. Join us next time when we highlight conservation heroes of the Great Lakes. Until then, be good to one another. Huron rolls down to Lake Erie, falls into Ontario, and runs on out to sea. Great Lakes are a diamond on the end of North America, a bright shining jewel on that friendship border ring. It's a freshwater highway coming down from Canada. And all along the coastline, you can hear the people sing. Sweet Mother Michigan, Father Superior, coming down from Mackinac and Sault Ste. Marie. The water here on rolls down to Lake Erie, falls into Ontario, and runs on out to sea. Hardy are the seamen on the ships that load the iron ore Hauling out of Thunder Bay, bumper buffalo And hardy are the fishermen like their fathers were before they say Bury me at sea when it's my time to go Sweet Mother Michigan, Father Superior Coming down from Mackinac and Sault Ste. Marie Blue water here on rolls down to Lake Erie Falls into Ontario and runs on out to sea singing Sweet Mother Michigan, Father Superior Coming down from Mackinac and Sault Ste. Marie Blue water here on rolls down to Lake Erie Falls into Ontario and runs on out to sea Runs on up to sea Runs on up to sea